Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. And we, I know we've been saying a lot here in the last few months about being gone for so long. And we do apologize for that because uh, uh, this weather up here, we're just not used to it. So it, it, it's down and we've been getting ill. So we just wanted to apologize for that. But uh, we're back and we're hoping to be able to be steady in the next few months on uploading different podcast episodes. So we thank you for bearing with us. But this is Step Up to a Stronger Marriage. Uh, we wanted to um, bring this to you and talk about it a little bit and explain marriage in a godly way. And what we mean by that is putting God first in the marriage. If you don't have God in the marriage, you don't have anything. And that's about the gist of it. It takes three points of a triangle. One God, two man, and two woman. And that's what makes a successful marriage. So we're going to get into it and about uh, get, in, get into this about putting God first. Make sure in your heart God is number one. This is a must since he is the author of love. He also needs to be first and foremost in your marriage as well. Marriage is sacred, and marriage is created by God uh, to be between a man and a woman. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. That was God's intent all along. And reason is, one, man is not supposed to be alone. And two, he's supposed to repopulate the earth. And that takes a man and a woman to repopulate the earth. So, and this is from Mark six, uh, Mark ten six through eight. Yes, welcome back. We are so glad to be back with you. Oh, this has been really trying on us. You know, not only is Colorado Springs a lot colder from where we came from, um, Texas, which you know in the past few years have been get some unseasonably um not expected snow bouts but uh, which it rarely ever does in texas and then it does it doesn't stick and so we really don't have a real long winter but we have a lot of rain so actually it's been kind of the seasons have been unusual but nonetheless we have not you know expected this kind of cold up here we expected it but not this cold so we've been just getting sick right and left. So we do apologize for the break, but we're glad to be back with you. And this episode and part two is taken from our book, Marriage God's Way, that you can find on our website, Your New Life Books, Your New Life, excuse me, Your New Life Ministries.com. So dot org. Okay. Yes. We had a your new life books.com and we changed it when we got our LLC, your new life ministries.org. Apologize for that. So marriage is a symbol of our unity and oneness with the Lord and it's holy and it's supposed to be pure. So you can't go into it. You have to go into it with, with God. You can't leave him out. 
because he's the one that created it to start with. And, you know, it says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unite and unto all riches of the fullness of the assurance of understanding to the acknowledging of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Colossians 3.3 Isaiah 54.5 says, For the, thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is, is his name, and thy redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth shall he be called that is again isaiah 54 verse 5. so he he symbolizes it as a marriage because of the unity and the oneness that you have in a marriage and we should have that same oneness with god and it's pure and it is meant to be between one man and one woman not several oh yeah you'll read of it in in the bible but god said in the beginning in genesis will leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife singular gotta look at those you know um those those uh your grammar in the bible if he meant plural he would have said plural wives no he said wife and so mankind is the one that changed it up and since he gave us free will then he's not going to usurp that Paul says in in the New Testament, he says that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So you reap what you sow, and you'll be blessed. If you read through in Deuteronomy, you'll see all the blessings if you get this and all the curses if you do this. So the curses are the consequences of our wrong actions. And so you end up paying and paying dearly, paying dearly, maybe your family. So keep it pure, keep it holy. And we're going to give you some suggestions on how to do that. So why do you think marriage, when you get married, most of them, is at the altar? Because the altar is a place of sacrifice, and that's where God sacrificed his only son, Jesus Christ, to be the atonement for our sins. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, have eternal life. And again, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God knows what we need. And so if you keep him first in your heart, and your spouse keeps God first in their heart, then you put each other first before all others, then keep him at the center of your marriage as well, then it's going to be right. Your worship of God and how you worship him in your marriage is going to determine where your marriage goes. And honestly, if you guys, if you're marrying each other for a reason. And don't forget that marriage is a lifelong commitment. And you two are two totally different individuals. So there's going to be times when you two get into an argument or spat or something like that. But that shouldn't take away from the love that you two have for each other. You have to learn to communicate and to communicate in the right way. Don't let your feelings go overboard and start arguing and carrying on. And, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit about how to overcome disagreements. So moving on here, uh, which one did you read? This one? Let, uh, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. 
cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and hope and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Romans 12, 9-13 Putting not first in the marriage is walking in humility, not in pride, demanding our way or no way. Humility, putting your spouse's needs before yours, is walking in the example of Christ. Spouse before others. <coughs> this is in chapter 6 of the book. Well, and uh, honestly, if you guys love each other, you're going you're gonna to be wanting to put your spouse's needs before your own. Even if you've been married 10, 20, 30 years, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to see this person for the rest of your life. That's what it's supposed to be for life. I'm reminded of this one metaphor in the movie uh, Fireproof. Salt and pepper shakers. They look different, they taste different, but you always see them on the table together. Well, that's what a marriage is. Two different people, but they're together forever, but they have Two uh, two different taste appearances and uh, and, uh, and and everything else, but you always see them together. Yes, and even the Bible tells us to. It it tells us in the Bible that wives must submit to their husbands as to the Lord. That means you submit to your husband, but. Ask to the Lord as you would do it to God, because God's not going to tell you to go rob a bank. God is not going to ask you uh, to go get drunk and flaunt yourself all over the place. No, he's not going to do that. And so in there, you can say, no, you know, that this is not the right thing. So there are some things that you know God won't approve of. You can say no to that because it says, there, there's your out right there, as to the Lord, as you would submit to the Lord, and husbands love your wives. Husband, as as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Okay, husbands, that means love your wives in a sacrificial way. The Lord prayed in the Garden of, and right before He was about to be taken up and crucified, He prayed in the Garden. Gethsemane and his sweat was a drops of blood you know why because he came in the flesh so he could identify with us and it says that in Hebrews so he could feel what we feel and the weight of the sin was about to be put on him and then in that just for even a few moments he was going to be separated from the father and this weight was crushing to him and he prayed Oh, if this cup can be taken from me, but yet not my will, but mine be done. You see, he still put God's will first. He still put us first because there was only one way for us to get to the Father because mankind were weak and we all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. So we're all going to sin. And in the light of a holy God, do you want all the sin and evil in heaven for an eternity? No. So there has to be some sort of plumb line, a boundary line. And Jesus Christ and his holiness, what God requires is it. And the only way to 
have that kind of righteousness is through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his atonement. See, he was the sacrifice for our sins. We come through him. And so he sacrificed his own needs for us. And husbands, that's the way you're supposed to be for your wife. For your wife. There is a way to keep it fresh. So, oh, he, she never understands me. Oh, he never understands me. You don't go talking about what he sh said or he did or what he or she don't do to anybody else, especially the opposite sex. Satan's, oh man, that is an open door for Satan right there. You want to keep it pure? Well, you need to protect it. It means you need to also make time. You need to put your wife, you need to put your husband before others. Now, sometimes there is important things that happen. Sometimes there's going to be the times when you have to work late or there's an emergency of a family or friend. Okay. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about constantly daily, week in and week out. No. And it's, if it's constant working late, you got to draw the line and say, no, I have to get home. You got to learn to set some boundaries. And uh, my church just did a book, uh, book study on boundaries that is a great book and email me for the name and a link where you get it on amazon because it is great there's all kind of boundaries that it goes into and it's okay to set boundaries because god doesn't want us to be a doormat so you need time to spend together that's the thing too you you, you and your spouse have got to set time together Build on your foundation, keeping your marriage together, and that takes a lot of work. Conflict arises when you when you, uh, when you see everyone else's needs, then suddenly emergencies come that consistently arise at work. You never make time for your spouse. We do wars and and fights come from among you. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. You lust and do not have your murder and covet uh, and cannot obtain, you fight in war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you uh, you're, uh, ask a mass that you may not spend in your pleasure. James 4, 1, 2, 3. There will be times when you have to work late, as my wife said, and a friend or a family member needs you, but it when becomes daily or weekly that you need to put up boundaries. Do not sacrifice your family for uh, constant needs of others or your job. You need that personal time to <coughs> you need to grow your marriage, and your marriage never stops growing. Just like your spouse never stops needing your uh, her spouse or his spouse, you never stop needing each other. Always need that continuity. And so you have to make time, even when you have kids, you need to have that date night. Time together as husband and wife and a family will strengthen your relationship when you spend quality time together. This does not mean spend time with with them, but then while you're on the while you're with them, you're on the phone the whole time. No, sometimes it's time to put the phone down. Sometimes you have to turn it off or turn off the computer. You are one as a couple and you need to nourish this unity and 
feed it or it will suffer. As a husband and wife, you are now joined in unity in your nap and your life is now about both of you. Not just all about you, not just all about your spouse. And then sometimes you need to compromise. You know, when it's all about getting your way, then that's selfish and selfish is against the Lord. He says that we are supposed to be generous. He says we're supposed to put others before ourselves. So when it's all about you, that's not from God. And you're going to step into reaping what you sow because it's going to take a toll on your marriage. The Bible says to submit to one another. And what does that mean? It means to be submissive. It's to come up under their authority and be humble and not self-seeking. We are to put our spouse before ourselves just as Jesus did and lay down his life on the cross. Says in First John three sixteen, by this we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We are to love and respect and honor our spouse above all else. Ephesians five thirty three. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Well, we're going to take a quick break here um, right after this final chapter. But I just wanted to tell you, where's the chapter? Oh, well, we're going to start chapter seven right after this break. We're going to play a special song for you that we haven't played in a long time called Jackie Velasquez. We hope you enjoy it. And we'll be right back right after this. Imagine me with 
and welcome back, guys. We hope you enjoyed that song by Jackie Vlasquez. Imagine me without you. We picked that song because this book is about marriage. Could you imagine your life without your spouse? Or could you imagine your life without God? Both go hand in hand. You married your spouse because you can't live without him. Well, technically, and honestly, you cannot live without God. If you live without God, you, your your life is full of chaos. And that's about it. And so, I mean, the same thing can happen with your spouse. If you don't have them, you divorce or something, you go through an emotional turmoil. It's, it's, a marriage is, is hard work, but divorce, that's a nightmare. Nobody wins in divorce except for the attorneys. They love it because they're making thousands and thousands of dollars just to have them give you their money. But anyway, getting back to it, we're on chapter seven, honesty and communication. You have to have that in any type of relationship, no matter what it is, whether it be a working relationship or a husband and wife. <coughs> you got to have honesty and communication. So just uh, just tell everybody the truth. I mean, because it's so much harder to convince people. I mean, uh, it's so much harder to keep a lie going versus uh, just being honest and up the front, telling the truth. That's right. And we have a lot of do's and don'ts in communication. So for this chapter, that's what we're going to uh, touch on. But you can pick up our book, Marriage God's Way. And this is also taken from the Word of God. And then we also uh, interviewed some couples, Christian couples that we knew and that knew that they've been married for quite a while. And so this is where we got everything from this book. So it's not just what Donnie and Sandy say. No, it is from couples who've been married, Christian couples who've been married God's way and from the Bible. And so you have to be open and transparent. You got to handle, you got to handle problems together. Every, both of you need to know where you stand on your finances and when you, you know, you big purchases, you need to talk about it first. Now the $20 here and there, no, but you still tell them about it. But before you purchase any big thing or decide on any big thing, that is a must to talk about it first. You know, your spouse is someone that is special to you. Song of Solomon 6, 2, and 3 says, My beloved has gone down to his garden, to the bed of spices, to pasture his flock in the gardens and to gather lilies. I belong to my beloved and he belongs to me. He pastures his flock among the lilies. Song of Solomon. Oh, it took me a while. You know, I had to grow some spiritually before I could um, read this part of the Bible, this book of the Bible. Because I had been hurt so much and I just, God needed to heal my heart before I could receive that kind of love from him and read that chapter. But that's, you really need to read it and ask the Lord to go along with you when you do. And so in Luke 12 too, it says there is nothing covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. So guess what? You leave no secrets, people. Because Satan's going to bring them out at the most inopportune time and it is to, it is to destroy so you need to learn how to talk and even when you got a problem with each other. Donnie and I talk about everything. It's like when one of us 
does something and we misinterpret it or, you know, we hurt the other, we go to each other and we talk about it. And we do not let those differences come between our, and, and at any way hurt our love. We keep our love for each other separate. So just because he disagrees with me on something or, or gets mad at me about something or I get mad at him about something, I don't let that alter how much I love him. Okay? Because you were you were your own person before you got married, so you're going to have your own likes and dislikes even after you get married. But the thing of it is, is to keep that marriage balanced and keep no secrets. And to listen. Listen, the verbal signs, the verbal and the nonverbal, because you can tell a lot by somebody by their nonverbal actions as well. If they're kind of upset at you, say, hey, let's go in and talk. And don't have your disagreements in front of your children, please. Yeah, that's not a good thing to do is have disagreements in front of your kids. But this behaviors that you probably don't want them to know or probably don't want them to learn. So moving on, when you disagree, it does not mean... What my wife just said, that you don't love each other, it just means you're you're human. You are unified, but you're still individuals. Will likes and dislikes of your own with likes and dislikes of your own. Sometimes you have to have to compromise and look for situations both you can agree on. Agree to disagree and compromise. Therefore, let us pursue things which make for peace and things by which one may identify another. Romans fourteen nineteen. All this should be based on common sense. I mean, if you guys got married, hopefully you guys took a marriage counseling classes, which Sandy and I both did, and it was an amazing class. But make sure it's a Christian counseling session. Because in regular counseling sessions, they're not going to teach you skills to learn to talk in a, in a godly way. I mean, I mean, marriage is such a complex um, system that you've got to learn to work it. And honestly, if we haven't talked about it yet, the number one reason, generally, well, there's two really good reasons why people want to argue and fight when they're in a marriage. One, being finances, and two, maybe one of the spouses got in a situation with another person, and they let things get too far by either flirtation or otherwise, and that can start a huge fight. But like and I said, the other one is finances, always money. That's right. So here are 20 do's and don'ts. And one thing before I start on these is I'm going to go back and say it again. Listen, truly listen with your heart. Have no avoidances. When you need to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk, leave the phone in the other room. You know, Proverbs 18, 13 says, He who answers the matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. That means truly listen before you interrupt. And before and interrupting is really showing, it's not showing respect uh, and consideration. So truly listen and listen to their heart. Put yourself in their shoes before you answer. So here are 20 do's and don'ts. Don't force your beliefs, your likes and dislikes on them. You're both human and each of you will have your own likes and dislikes. Look for common ground. Learn to compromise. Two, recognize the differences as being unique. Three, don't keep any secrets. Don't call names or, or in, in arguments. This will cause more trouble than regrets. 
Proverbs 16.24, pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Don't use labels such as you never or you always or do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver. That's Jesus. That's our Lord God Almighty, who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge one another? James 4, 11 and 12. 6. Be supportive. Be understanding. Is your understanding is supportive of everybody else, but sometimes we find it sometimes we find it hard to be understanding and supportive of our spouse. Why is that? Do not interrupt. Allow them time to speak, just as you want the same time when you speak. Number eight. Say what you are feeling. Do not they are not mind readers. People need to hear I love you. They need to hear when you are upset, angry, or depressed about things. Number nine, do not bring other people or family members into your disagreement. Ten, do not argue in front of people or in front of your children. Ten, eleven, do not make decisions in front of others, especially if it's concerning them. Twelve, do not make decisions concerning your children in front of them. They will learn quickly that who they can get away with stuff. Thirteen, listen to your children's and feelings and concerns. Take them seriously, even if it's not does not seem that important to you, it is to them. 14. Give yourself some time to cool off and think before you speak. SSP. Stop, pause, and pray. Sometimes when you're angry, you need to walk away and cool off so you don't say or do something you'll, you will regret later. Tell them you need time to cool off and talk. then you can talk. Stop, pause, and take a breath. Then pray and ask God to help you. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, calmer, clamor, and evil speaking put be put away with you and all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving to one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 33. 15. Leave no regrets. Do not say or some uh, do not do or say something you will regret later. Do not make a permanent decision in your temporary situation. 16. Admit. You are not perfect. We all make mistakes. Do not be prideful. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. Admit and say you're sorry. 17. Compromise. Learn to say you're sorry. Use soft to, uh, soft answers. It's not hard. Soft answers turn away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Proverbs 15, 1. Yes, and continuing on. Discern timing. Sometimes there's a right time to, to talk about stuff and there's a wrong. Like in one of the other uh, don'ts, don't make decisions in front of people. Okay, when it's a big decision and someone's asking, hey, can you come to our thing? Uh, don't be afraid to say, well, let me get back with you on that. And then go and talk to your spouse about it. And then y'all make a joint because he, someone may have asked him about something and he needs to talk about it with you or she. So always you know, take time to say, let me get back to you with that. That's okay to do that. You don't have to give immediate answers, even if they want them. Still put your spouse first and say, I need to get back with you. There is timing for everything. And there's a right time to talk about stuff. If your spouse comes home and had a really bad day at work, then it's not a very good time to talk about some of the things that they upset you with the day before or a financial issue 
you got to wait for timing. Maybe that financial issue can wait just a little bit longer. So there is a right time to buy things. There's a right time to do things. And there's a right time to say things. Learn to discern and be patient. Wait is not always no. Allow God to direct every situation and the right time for it. Go to him in prayer for for go for decisions. You read the story of, of Ruth, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech. They lived in Bethlehem, which means a place of bread. And they were having a famine in the land. But they didn't ask God. They just up and left and went back to Moab. Moab means who's your daddy. It's like they forgot who their God was. Sometimes God is distanced because he's just using that time, but he never leaves us. He says that. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But sometimes he's distant. It's just a time of, of, of trying to see where your faith is. Maybe you need to learn, God is always with me. You know, he, he's there. So there's, learn to discern the time. Always go to him. Ecclesiastes 3, one To everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. <coughs> 19. Don't sweat the small things, the petty things. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Sometimes you just need to let it go. Don't go to bed angry. Anger can fester. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You will give place to the devil. Above all, in everything you do, do it together. Say to each other and, and do it. Do it in love. Everything you do, everything you say, do it in love. And finally, we're on number 20, right? No. Oh, we're, we're above all in, in everything you do together and say to each other, do it in love. Though I speak with tongues of men and, and of angels, but I have not love. I have become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and through all I through have all faith, so that I could be removed mountains, but not have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to burn, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not speak, uh, seek its own. It is not provoked, thanks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love it never fails. First Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And so I'm going to remind you again, chapter eight, and you can get the book and read through this, talks about date night. Always schedule a date night. Whether you have kids or you haven't been blessed with kids yet, life can take a toll on you and you need to make time for each other. Celebrate milestones. Tell each other you love them. Okay, sometimes people's love language is different, and you need to find out what love language your spouse is. And by that, I mean sometimes me people need affirming words, but sometimes it's more of actions or deeds. 
there is five love languages. Loving words, thoughtful presence, physical affection, quality time, kind and loving actions. So, what is yours? What is your spouse's? How do they need to find out? Do they like just the little things that you do for them and you're always thinking of them? When you're out at the store and you see, oh, you know, I'm going to get that for them. Um, or do they need little, maybe send a text message throughout the day, just thinking of you, love you. You know, find out what your spouse's love language is, what really shows them that you love them. Take time to just talk to each other also. Doesn't ha you don't have to have um, conversations of things that you're troubled about to have a conversation. Make time just to sit and watch a movie for each with each other. Make time for each other. It is so important. You took time to be with each other when you courted each other, and that's when you fell in love. Just because you got married, it doesn't stop. Exactly. Marriage doesn't stop unless one person decides, oh, I think I made a mistake. Well, that means you didn't uh, date or be engaged long enough. Before you get married, you should know each other inside and out, what their likes, dislikes, what they what they do. Um, uh, when you get angry, all that should be addressed before you get married. That's why I say marriage doesn't stop. God never intended it to stop. But check us out next week for part two of Marriage God's Way. And that includes, that will start at chapter number nine. But part three says avoiding and overcoming struggles, which includes chapter number nine. So check us out the next time. Um, you got this. So we got some other announcements we want to make uh, make it, make known to y'all. One, don't forget about our website, yournewlifeministries.org. We have a message us page where you can send us your prayer requests. We also have a phone number on there. You can actually send us a voicemail uh, for prayer or book orders or anything you like. You can see all of our books on our website, and they're also available on other websites as well. They're all available out there, and we got over 30 books there. And we got new ones in the works. My wife's working on one right now. It will be out hopefully this summer sometime. So check it out. We'll let you know about that. And don't forget about our podcast. What We're hoping to continue here on out on a regular basis. Hopefully things don't get in the way and we don't get sick again. And always remember in closing, you know you got this when you let God lead the way. I'll catch you later, guys. Bye-bye.